Have you ever looked around your business and thought to yourself, is this it? Are you making money, but yet you want more? Or maybe you have ideas in your head, but you're just not sure how to develop them into a revenue stream. Welcome to the Caged Vision Podcast with Carrie Roan and Lisa Beck, where we help you unlock your business potential and scale your business beyond trading time for money. Each week, you'll hear ideas, interviews, and case studies of others who, like you, are subject matter experts and want more from their business. Let's do this. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Caged Vision Podcast with Carrie Rome and Lisa Beck. And Lisa, we are winding down the year 2018 in the books. I'm ready for the year to wind down. Yeah, why, why so? I just, I like the holiday season and mm-hmm. I, I like having everybody home. And But then it's always nice to have that week or so between Christmas and New Year's where you can sort of get energized for the new year. I always look at it that way anyway. And so I tend to focus more on like family and friends Mm -hmm. and things like that. And then spend a day or two thinking, Ooh, what am I going to do in 2019 and get excited again? Does that downtime make you feel grateful? Yes. Isn't that wonderful? Yes, it really does. It is the one time of year that I allow myself to just, if I want to watch, if I want to binge watch whatever and, meat pecan pie yeah it's on yeah so I, I look forward to it as well but I like you I it's hard for me to just rest and and not think about 2019 but I can't really go into 2019 prepared and mentally and just like you know that long that year gets long so the times the time is is um it's well spent resting but I get so excited about the new year. See, me too. I use it as a time to read. Like, I already have a stack of, like, three books. Yeah. And I just want to sit on the sofa and read books all day. And wonderful? underline and take notes. And then that's going to make me excited. Yes. And then I'm going to be like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to come back to work. Yes. But ultimately, ultimately, you know, and some people just hate this word. But ultimately, in order to make the world go around, you got to sell stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you got to sell you know, we're talking about caged vision. It's, this is the caged vision podcast. It seems weird that you would have to sell your vision for where you want to take your organization. And by that, we don't mean that if, you know, there's, 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 a, there's a correlation between the two. There's not a direct where there's a transaction and somebody says, I'm either in or out, but there's a, um, th- we've done a little work comparing the two how about that yes well when you sell something you go through a process so there are six steps in selling and you gain attention you develop interest you qualify is the person really able to buy whatever it is you're selling then you educate which is also called present and demonstrate where you go look this is what you'll get Then you trial close, which is where you overcome any objections someone might have, and then you close. And Mm -hmm. and that's really the process that you take someone on when you are selling, whether Mm -hmm. that be professional services or whether that be an actual product. It's sort of the path. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Let's let's, let's just do a back and forth, play a little tennis here between 
strategy and vision and where companies where leaders typically this time of year are telling their team this is where we're going they're sent they're essentially they're trying to get them excited about something they're trying to get them bought in not to be too cheesy with the uh correlation wow. right but wow. but they are right they're trying to get them on board bought in that this is a this is a path so we talk about the first one gain attention we've referenced the jigsaw puzzle before yes. which is the jigsaw puzzle for those who have not seen or heard the jigsaw puzzle is uh, most companies do strategy um, announcing strategy or uh, communicating strategy i should say like holding up the picture of a jigsaw puzzle 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 it's a puzzle it's a puzzle it's today. Right. we like to create a new jigsaw words. puzzle and then they point to the picture like it's the destination of where that organization is going to go over the next 12 months. And then they dump the puzzle pieces all over the table and then hide the cover, which is where it, which is the picture for everyone to know where they're going. So that's one way to get attention. And we think there's a better way because that would be equivalent to someone in sales uh, just sort of scatterbrained approach, getting a lot of attention, but nobody really knowing what's the point of the attention. Yeah? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then next, after you get the attention, the right attention, Yes. then you have to develop interest, but you really have to develop interest in sort of the corporate overview, sort of the, what the corporation believes in mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah and then when you say qualify what, what do you mean when we qualify well I think just like in sales if you're going to get attention then you're going to get interest is that right interest next yeah yeah okay so get you're gonna attention get, develop you're interest. going to get interest right who now we're talking about with your target customer right so who I would say um, to compare the two as it relates to strategy who who's who's best needs to receive that message first that's going to help communicate it down further so you have a target customer for your strategy those are probably going to be the people that are going to own the different components of the strategy they've probably been involved in the strategy itself but how well and how clear do they all speak to the strategy do they all say it in a clear concise way so that they can go Rinse and repeat. Say it over and over and over again for 12 years, and everybody knows that everyone else is talking about the same thing, not different versions of the same thing. That makes sense. Yes. It'd be no different than um, getting awareness in sales and then getting an interest, and every time you talk to someone in, in sales, you say something a little bit differently. It wouldn't work. Yeah, no, it wouldn't you work. Because then friends would compare notes and they would say, I don't, you know. That doesn't make, make any sense, sense. Yeah. All right. So we covered two. We covered the. We covered uh, three. Okay. We covered three. Attention, interest. What's the third one? Qualify. Qualify. Okay. So w when it comes to sales, when you're qualifying, right? We tell them, give me, give me. like. So when you're in sales and you're qualifying someone, it is, does this person need what it is that I'm selling? Mm-hmm. Can they afford it? Does it fit with their wants and desires and their needs are? Does it fulfill something within their organization that they need? 
Um, whether that be we need someone to do our taxes, so I need to hire an accountant, mm-hmm. or we need to make copies, so we need a new copier machine. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter. You have to qualify, does this individual or this group of people qualify for the product or service that I'm presenting to them? So good. And so the as it relates to strategy, you're sort of qualify who needs to be a part of that message. And that's based on um, how you're going to make it real to them, right? So when we do workshops, we take different, we take, we take an overall big picture and then we just break it down. And the executive owner is going to own maybe in a, one objective that is tied to maybe three or four or five different object, objectives that make up the entire corporate strategy. So now we're talking about context. If, I'm, if we're moving over to strategy, mm-hmm. who, for one objective, that person, the executive owner is going to have people where that, that objective is going to have a lot of context for them. They're going to qualify that group. This speaks to them. I can, I can, they're going to relate to what we're trying to achieve because it's the part of the business that they're in versus bringing somebody that's completely on another side of the business trying to make it relate to them. They're going to say, I, I hear you. I hear the words you're saying. I just don't know my part. And the challenging part it is, is that to, for, say, five different areas of a business to then... Um, all do different function of the bi- of the business for it to be qualified in a way and described in a way where it's meaningful to them, but still all say the same thing. It's a challenge. That is a challenge. It is a challenge. So anyway, keep moving. Now we've covered three. Well, once you qualify, then you move on to educate or present and demonstrate, which is how do you explain and demonstrate your product or service in a way that your buyer or your employee understands and you make it, you you address their pain points. Mm -hmm. You address why they need your product or service because you've already done that. You've asked questions and um, understood what their needs were, what they wanted from whatever your service or product is in the first three steps. Fourth is sort of presenting and demonstrating and educating on what your product or service does. So how would you relate that to strategy? What, what part, what piece of that as it relates to deploying strategy and pushing strategy See, I think this is the biggest piece of it because one of the things that we always talk about is how do you make it relevant to them? Oh, yeah. So if this is educating them on the one big objective, you got to present and demonstrate why it's relevant to them individually to sort of buy in to this vision. So this is when you and I, the words you and I say all the time is, Define the transformational work. Yes. When you do that, that's a, by the way, that is a, there's a collaborative effort. It's not dumping uh, puzzle pieces on the table saying, go pick them up and figure out what pieces relate to you. It is uh, with a leader and the relevant team saying, how do, how do we define the work that has to get done? And when you do that, gosh, it's so powerful because not only that the per- the person that uh, other people in the organization are going to have to, uh, they're going to benefit in some way from this work, but they're also, they, they have, they have a little empathy for 
the workload that this person is then taking on. And they have an appreciation for all of the work and maybe maybe a sense of um, why things don't get done overnight. Yeah? Yeah, completely. Yeah. So if you make it relevant to them, then on the sales side, you do what's called a trial close, mm, which okay. is asking them, how does this land with you? Um, asking them if they have any other questions about the product or service that you're selling to them, mm-hmm. being very specific to under to make sure that you've overcome any objections that they might have, which I think is the same on the strategy side. Oh, it is. Well, let's say it this way. You're not going to make the sale unless you do it right, unless you do it effectively. And here's, you know, when we talk about, we, we use the term, selling your vision and when we say it that way because until someone's truly bought in and committed to what you've asked them to take a part of part in rather um they're not gonna they're gonna they're not gonna take ownership in it which is what you want right you can't you can't hand off the different pieces if if you don't know somebody's gonna own it it's it's a wasted effort right and so what you just described is that process where it's a push and pull. It's tug. I mean, it's challenges. And that comes in the form of, in our workshops, it comes in the form of people raising questions. Uh, and it's not, they're not lobbing obstacles. It's really, you know, oh, well, if you want me to own this, then, and then all of a sudden there's a, there's a, um, almost a platform to start to express concerns, not, not, not doubt, but, and what is it about that that you think suddenly makes people speak up a little bit more? Is it because it, when it's shared responsibility, there's really no one pegged, but when there's isolated completely. Yeah. Yeah. If it is totally up to me, then I'm going to make darn sure that I have had all of my questions answered, that I completely understand what the expectation is of me. Whereas if you assign it to a team, I think everyone just assumes, well, the other person on the team knows what we're supposed to do or, well, we're all in this together, so it doesn't really matter. I'm not saying you shouldn't work as a team. That is completely not what I'm saying. But I think that if you have one person who is ultimately responsible for a project, even if you have a team working with them, it just makes sure that the details of the plan or the project get mapped out more effectively. And Lisa, and or workshops, and really when coaching anybody, you're excellent at this because you say, no, no, no. You get you only because well the one can we have shared responsibility? No, no. We need one, and and then ultimately comes down. You ask a great question. Okay, when how do you say it? When it goes when there's a when there's a problem, who's who's it fall on? How you say it better? Clearly better now because I can't even say it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you have to have someone who is in charge because when you hit a bump in a road and you're going to hit a bump in the road yeah. in a project, you know, they have to be the one that help come up with solutions. And my whole thing has always been, you have to come up with three viable solutions. And typically yeah. the first one's not viable. It's just pie in the sky, cost a million dollar solution. But then by the time you get to the second or the third solution, they actually 
come up with something that might work and to have them bring that to you to the team or to the reporting person they report up to I think that's critical in getting the work done because they own it they know they're responsible they're going to figure out what are some ways for us to get over this hurdle Lisa when I do demos and I show people uh, the platform we've developed the training we've developed when I get to the point of and this is how we coach uh, your team to make sure that they save you as an executive time because they're going to be coached to respond in a way to, to be able to summarize and synthesize the right information so that you can collectively make a, a quality decision. They are just like, wow, you're going to do that. And, you know, that's part of uh, that's part of helping executives do two things that we want to do, which is see everything very clearly that they have in, in process. And number two, save them time. And if we can do that effectively, we're, we're, we're doing a good job. But there's one more step that we've got to cover here. And that's the close, right? You got to seal the deal. Seal the deal. And so in sales, obviously, that means you made the transaction, right? And on As it relates to uh, communicating and getting the work of strategy done, it's a little bit different. But without this final step, it's just wasted words, right? Mm, yeah, you have to, I think you have to demonstrate to the team, you know, sort of put your money where your mouth is. You've got to commit the resources and everyone has to commit to the plan. Everyone has to say, yes, this is the objective. And here is the transformational work that is going to occur to achieve the objective. And as the leader, you have to say, all right, I'm going to commit to giving you the resources you need to make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And you know what, as, as frustrating as this can be to, to leaders when they feel like they, like their vision truly is caged. They cannot seem to push it past uh, the two or three or five uh, employees that are closest to them. And the struggle is real, but really what we're saying is if you follow this process, the work's really not that hard. Now, you have to commit to a process and a system and do it over and over again. But when you do that, the benefits are tremendous. The payoff is tremendous. It's no different from following a sales process and being very organized and structured versus being scatterbrained. And, and nobody wants that. So um, this has been fun because I, I like, I like comparing the two and I know the frustration. We know the frustrations from business leaders and executives because they, it's so clear in their head, right? There's no, that's no different from salespeople. They see, they see the need. They just can't communicate it effectively. I agree completely. And I think, you know, before we really started talking about this, I hadn't really made the analogy between the six steps of selling and really selling your vision, but I think having walked through it, this makes so much sense to, especially to a leader as they're trying to engage with their team mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and get them on board for what has to be done in 2019. It's just, you're going through a selling process. You just need to make sure you go through the steps and give your team what they need to be able to buy in. Very good, Lisa Beck. Well, if you need continued confidence and encouragement in sharing your caged vision, Keep listening. If you want help, we have software. We have a training platform. We have coaching programs. We have workshops. Reach out to us. We'd love to help in any way we can. And next week, we've got a fun New Year's Eve-ish 
kind of podcast coming your way. See you.